1: up nfl draft with your host daniel and mitch wolf mitch how are you doing
0: today doing good excited to get into these uh the final game of the college football season and you can talk about semifinals and all the great prospects we're gonna be watching in the natty on monday
1: yeah for sure uh definitely a really fun rematch coming up here um so i guess we can start here with the cincinnati alabama game um I think our first topic has to be Desmond Ritter and his performance in this game. Um, He was obviously, he's one of the big, I guess it would be six quarterbacks that people really like. Um, So what did you think of his performance in this one? Uh, it kind of went as expected for me.
0: Um, I think that people are going to think, especially if you look at the stats only, and if you think back to kind of watching it, just especially from a broadcast standpoint, I think people are going to remember it worse than it actually was. Um, but I think that some of the plays that, you know, he usually makes in a typical game, like just weren't there. Like the uh, the initial early touchdown to Pierce that kind of sailed on him high. He missed that. And, that's a throw he hits a lot. And I think, you know, if he hits that, I think it's a pretty different game, uh, but it did not happen that time. Um, And just a few other throws that, you know, were just a little bit off. And I, we have talked about, or at least I've talked about the Ritter's main concern being uh, some inconsistencies of accuracy, which of course kind of reared their ugly head at the most inconvenient time. But I wouldn't say that it was, you know, the absolute dagger in terms of how Cincinnati lost that game. Um, So, you know, I, I, I would say like, he wasn't the biggest reason why they lost, but he definitely didn't do enough to help them win. But I'm not going to necessarily, you know, knock him down too hard because of it, because this happens to
1: almost every other quarterback in college football. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely think what you saw out of Ritter – is a lot of what you've seen before just on a much larger scale a lot of those easier throws those gimmies were taken away and he had to um do some more difficult things and you know he showed the ability to do those things in spurts it just wasn't consistent and that's kind of who he's been throughout his college career Um, yeah especially as a passer for sure Yes. and so when you just take away the easy stuff he's inconsistent and like you still saw the physical traits that the that people who like him a lot look for and what they are looking for out of him and so I don't think this game really changes much with him
0: no I'd agree I think that probably the other people in the offense that'd be interesting you know we, I mentioned Alec Pierce he didn't have his best game um, you know going up against some better corners. And then Jerome Ford, you know, they didn't get a ton of opportunities for him because, uh, you know, they're, they were got behind they had to throw the ball a good bit, but um, he had a decent game for what I remember. Um, obviously it's Bama and they were kind of predicated on stopping the run game, but, you know, he's a former Alabama player. So he has that pedigree. Um, and he, he, again, I would say he probably was like one of the better players in Cincinnati, if not the best, which, you know, in a 27 to six or 27 to nine game, it doesn't really matter that much, but You know, he, I thought he acquitted himself well and he ended up declaring for the draft uh, this week. So, you know, he's in for this running back class, which is a very solid class, you know, from top to bottom. There's a lot of guys in that class that are worthy of being NFL backs and they offer a lot of different, uh, trait profiles.
1: Yeah. And you, you look at him and he just, uh, he, statistically it was pretty good especially considering this is a very formidable alabama front 15 carries for uh 77 yards yeah um 5.1 average it it's very good and it wasn't like he bursted he busted out a huge run his longest run was 14 yards so he, he was just a very consistent runner in this game and um did pretty well overall um you touched on pierce a little bit and uh Wiley was also another guy who was Mm -hmm. fairly disappointing. Um, Just one catch for 12 yards.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see if he comes back because he I think he's a junior this year and he had a pretty disappointing year in general, just not getting a ton of targets. Um, So I think, you know, he might come back. But then again, Ritter will be gone as well. and I'm not sure who their backup is. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward.
1: Yeah, um, flipping over to defensive side for Cincinnati, obviously, uh, Darian Beavers had 10 tackles. He was the leading tackler, and he had a sack and two tackles for loss. Um, you know, I, I thought he played decently well, especially for a – more traditionally sized stack linebacker. I thought his um, – I thought the fact that he wasn't – out-athleted by Alabama was a good sign because, you know, being that size, it is something that you could worry about uh, just his movement skills. But um, he wasn't a guy I had watched extensively going into the game. And I was, uh, I wouldn't say impressed, but I was, um, I was satisfied with his performance. Yeah. I like Beavers a lot. And
0: he is that kind of Bella type linebacker, you know, this yeah. big dude who can do a lot of things, uh, maybe you don't necessarily want him covering slot receivers, but you know, he can do a lot of other stuff. And I like him a lot. Again, I thought he played pretty decently well, given the circumstances, I thought the way that Alabama eventually attacked them was extremely interesting given how locked in Cincinnati was to just playing a three, three, five defense and mostly playing cover one from what I understand. Uh, so, you know, Bama kind of went to work with the run game and just pounding them up the middle. And I'm going to, I'm going to mention this later on when we kind of get to previewing the games, but the semifinal struck me as more of a Jimmy's and Joe's game to borrow the phrase from Charles Barkley. Whereas I think the, the national championship will be more X's and O's because in both of these games, you really saw the sec teams kind of dominate using their physical and athletic talent over the American athletic and big 10 teams. And, you know, when we flip over to Bama, we'll talk about that, but you just saw like the Bama offensive line's ability to just create tons of push and room for Brian Robinson to run the ball. And Bama basically said, you know, we can just keep doing this the whole game and churn out yards, no problem. So they were like, we're fine winning that way, you know? So it's kind of throwback to some of those older Alabama teams that just were like, we're going to pound the rock and win in a pretty low scoring game, but we're going to dominate you for 60 minutes.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I guess I I completely agree there. Um, especially up front, but, uh, I guess our last people to talk about for Cincinnati are the corners. Um, sauce Gardner and Cubby Bryant. I thought sauce played absolutely a tremendous game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I mean, he, you know, I think they, like I, like I predicted, you know, they kind of found ways to get James Williams the ball away from him, but he had a great play where he rallied and tackled on a quick screen, um, only allowed three catches on four targets for 14 yards so you know nothing going his way which was fantastic to see um, the other player I uh, uh, you know Kobe Bryant was kind of up and down um, I think I mean mostly a good game you know five targets two receptions 18 yards so you know pretty solid but I think Bama was smart to kind of not necessarily go after those guys even though know, they kind of attacked those uh, nickel and safety players more so but the other guy I want to talk about is Majai Sanders who had a very good game, in my opinion. You know, he had, oh, to, yeah, uh, I
1: completely forgot yeah, about
0: him. According to PFF, he had 10 pressures, and he was giving Chris Owens, the Bama right tackle, all kinds of trouble with his athleticism and get-off. So, you know, it, it, people might have been concerned, like, oh, like, he's you know, a great player in the group of five, but maybe he is going to, you know, struggle against the SEC, and I really don't – I mean, granted, Chris Owens is not, you know, the biggest star in terms of an SEC offense line, but if you're giving a guy who's started for Alabama for multiple years all, all that trouble – with your athleticism, you're going to be able to play in the NFL. So, you know, I think Sanders has stuff to work on in his game, but, you know, he's got the athletic tools to be a successful player at the next level. So I thought he he acquitted himself quite well.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I thought he was uh, another standout player for Cincinnati in this game. Um, And and I completely agree. Uh, Kobe Bryant had his ups and downs. Um, Expect all of those guys to be going pro here. Um, mm-hmm. so we will, I don't know if any of them have officially declared, but I would expect them to do so coming up. Um, flipping over to the Alabama side of the ball in this one. Um, obviously you talked about them, uh, Bama just pounding the ball on the ground against that, uh, three, three, five for Cincinnati. So, uh, the standout prospect for this one was obviously Brian Robinson. Uh, he, statistically just insane day 26 carries 204 yards uh 7.8 average yards per carry um i you know i didn't necessarily i thought this was a good game for him i don't think this is the kind of game you would typically expect out of a guy having 200 yards in this type of stage because i thought the offensive line in the run game was just so dominant that they were opening a lot up for him i thought he played well and i thought he took advantage of what was there but i don't necessarily think he showed anything that he hasn't showed before
0: i disagree a little bit and i i I thought about this later and i think i might have an explanation like i thought he looked just a lot more explosive and elusive than i remember him looking um but i think part of that could just be Kind of going against that group of five competition you know, against sec defenders he's not going to look as explosive but his ability to you know make cuts and get up fields it just seemed a lot quicker than it had for every other game i've watched him in so i'm not so but in terms of you know his uh you know vision and kind of those more nuanced aspects of running the ball i would agree but just in terms of his athletic ability and this is obviously something that it's kind of weird that it would change like that um so again it might just be the competition but I just thought he looked like a much faster player in this game, which was surprising to me. But yeah, I I generally agree with you though, that it wasn't like he was busting a ton of huge runs, but it was, you know, consistently having, you know, these like eight to 15 yard runs because the offensive line was blocking so
1: well. Yeah. Which like, we'll get to them a bit later. So I don't, the Alabama players, I don't necessarily want to go super, super in depth just because again, we are getting to them later Mm -hmm. when we preview the game. Um, just want to go over their performance. But again, I thought the offensive line did fairly well outside of uh, Chris Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And so uh, obviously Jameson Williams, um, not necessarily his b- best game, but considering how good the corners are for Cincinnati, I thought it was a fairly good game. And the fact that they overall have been, throw the ball a ton they only had 28 pass attempts um so yeah I, they kind of yeah go ahead sorry oh you can go yeah
0: i mean i was just because like the way that they they had to kind of change up their passing game because of those corners uh so you saw you know the tight ends get a little more involved you saw Slade bold get involved and then they kind of schemed up some players for the receivers namely Jakori brooks who had that big long touchdown down the sideline but you know i mean Jamison got his targets nine targets seven catches for 62 yards so not a ton of yards and you know his op was you know 8.3 so you know that kind of shrunk from his normal statistics but again i think they were kind of trying to do some off-speed stuff in the passing game uh to kind of confuse cincinnati there and then also like we said they just ran the ball so much that really none of the receivers had awesome days uh consistently throughout the game
1: yeah right there with you um you know early on thought Slade Bolden had a uh few good plays early on but really just didn't do much down the stretch he is draft eligible but I would expect him to come back yeah definitely um he's a redshirt junior but I just he's a guy that's would definitely be a five-year player I would think (laughs) uh so defensively um I mean no Josh Job, who's the big uh prospect at corner so i guess uh what were your thoughts on uh the performance of the air guys uh battle and armor davis i mean we kind of talked about how they were able to
0: confuse and uh thwart Desmond Ritter as a unit so and that's kind of a testament to all of them playing their roles really well i've seen a lot of chatter about demarco hellum's their free safety who a lot of people are really high on i think he's uh he's a younger player i think he might be eligible but he's probably a true junior Okay, so he's eligible, but I think he's probably going to come back. Um, but I think the story of the game is really Fidarian Mathis, who had you know, a bunch, who had two batted passes, was really kind of in Ritter's head with that. Um, Bama Bam didn't have you know as much pressure as they usually do. You know, Will Anderson obviously got his, and he always does, but he's not eligible, so we won't wax more poetic about him. But you know, DJ Dale had a sack, so that was good to see from him. Um, but this was kind of just the Bama performance you expect to see where they're able to take away almost an entire offense because of their size and strength up front. And then their athleticism on the back end, because Cincinnati lacks that really dynamic pass casting, pass catching option in terms of athletic ability that can kind of thwart Alabama. Uh, and they have, you know, great athletes on their back end as well. And they were able to stop, uh, Cincinnati because of that.
1: Yeah for sure. Flipping, (coughs) excuse me, uh, flipping over to the Georgia Michigan game. We'll hit on the, uh, Georgia players first here. Um, obviously, um, you, you were decently, um, impressed with Stetson Bennett's night, um, was able to go 20 for 30, nothing fantastic, 313 yards, just overall solid performance. Um, not really a draft guy, despite being a redshirt senior. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like there's I, always I, going <laughs> to be a team that'll take it, take him day three, just like Ian book went fourth round. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, it's funny, they talk about him being a sneaky athlete and then they mention, Oh yeah. Like he was like all state in uh track and baseball. It's like, so this dude is that uh, is very genuinely athletic. Just, you know, it's not built like a football player, but I mean, I think a lot of people are making this joke, but I mean, he just really fits the mold of a round seven pick the Patriots make, and then they'll turn him into a dynamic slot wide receiver. But, you know, that's not what we're talking about for him this week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I don't think anything stood out. Uh, Just uh, yeah. Bebs, Stetson Bennett, I think would be the best way to put it. Um, But uh, their leading uh, ball carrier was Samir White. Um, Decent day on the ground. Nothing necessarily stood out i thought the standout guy for them at the running back spot was james cook Um, yeah definitely and even like really even like even
0: pretty much all their running backs played quite well uh they gave a bunch of guys a bunch of carries uh but yeah cook was dynamic especially in the receiving game um let's see four targets four receptions for 112 yards and i want to say a touchdown yes okay yeah yeah. see that big wheel route yeah i mean uh, oh shoot! Somebody made a really good comparison for him. Um, I think it might have it might have been like a, a a slightly poorer man's Alvin Kamara. Maybe not that kind of uh, explosive or elusive, but, you know, he's got all those like wide uh, running back wide hybrid traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, because Kamara is ridiculous, obviously, but, you know, he offers that same, you know, maybe a little bit of a watered down skill set as a runner and a receiver. So I know he's a senior bowl invite, so he'll be really, I think he'll be really fun to watch in Mobile because he can do a lot of different stuff.
1: Yeah, and, and then at the receiver spot, their only real draft eligible guy that we're seriously looking at was uh George Pickens. Um, I mean, wasn't super productive. Uh didn't necessarily I don't know what his snap count was, but felt he like had, he oh, wasn't in uh, I see he only has
0: one target. He had yeah. uh nine passing snaps. Um so I'm uh that's I'm just looking at his receiving stats on uh PFF so I don't know his full number um but I, the the biggest play which I'm not sure if you saw was oh I saw I okay saw. where he just absolutely uh, threw a Michigan defensive back blocking off the snap and shushed the Georgia side or the Michigan sideline which was you know if you know anything about George Pickens he is he about also that. did it
1: before the play as well
0: yeah yeah he's about that life so <laughs> he gets in trouble for it occasionally but You know, he's I think they're still kind of a little wary about his him coming back from this injury. And maybe they're also kind of just trying to hide him and then they're going to really unleash him against Alabama or he could still be recovering, which would be, you know, more than fair. So, you know, well, I'm not sure how much use he's going to be in the next game, um, but he's obviously got to watch because he has truly unique elite physical traits.
1: Yeah, just the only guy in the receiving core that we're really looking at as a draft guy for this year um defensively georgia was just absolutely dominant no shock there, saying that
0: but uh, we we have to
1: talk about nicobe dean who had
0: just incredible on that uh play where he followed the guy in motion all the way across the field and made a tackle for loss i mean he's just an absolute freak um in terms of his athletic ability uh just an absolute terror on the in the middle of the defense. And the other guy who I tweeted this at somebody today that Quay Walker, the outside linebacker for Georgia, when he, when I saw him on the field in this game, I was like, wait, that like, who is that? Because he is just absurdly sized, absurdly built. And he, I think he, he absolutely just murdered someone on a hit, which was crazy. And I was thinking like, I can't think of a player since like a Jadavian clowny or maybe a Taylor maze that makes me as afraid for the other players on the field. Than Quay Walker because he is absolutely terrifying to behold.
1: Yeah, and, and he is a guy that uh, hasn't got a lot of talk, but is a uh, senior, so he very well could come out. Not sure. Uh, he probably has the COVID year if he wanted to come mm-hmm. back, but um, he is def he is a draft eligible guy. I I mean, the the biggest guy for me outside of Dean was the performance of Darion Kendrick. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, just. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I I don't think you can really ask for much more uh, performance-wise two interceptions in a uh, playoff semifinal game. Um, and it's not like he was uh, getting beat either outside of those plays. He was playing very sound technically. Um, obviously tough to tell off a of broadcast, but just – off off of what you saw uh his technique looked pretty sound i thought um and so i thought he was absolutely impressive but i thought this entire secondary was fairly impressive um yeah i definitely agree well. um you know
0: <laughs> there you just didn't you just didn't hear their names being called for bad reasons uh which is good to see uh but yeah like you mentioned kendrick was great uh lewis scene was uh awesome again um just didn't see those guys getting beat so and you know michigan doesn't like we talked about michigan doesn't really have that elite receiver that's gonna kind of threaten you um so that might change this week for georgia um in terms of their uh, defensive line uh nolan smith had a big game i'm seeing he had six pressures uh with one sack um he's gonna be really i think he's gonna be really important for this upcoming game but we'll talk about that a little later
1: yeah he he definitely had a big game i thought they're in top, there's really any you could pick anyone on their defense uh jordan davis devonta Wyatt, and trayvon walker up front also uh mm-hmm. solid days um michigan really couldn't get anything going offensively on these guys uh no matter what they tried running, passing, whatever, they just could not block these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we can flip over to Michigan here. Um, in terms of draft eligible guys, um, I think the big one for them offensively has to be Hassan Haskins, a senior bull guy. Um, mm-hmm. he was fairly limited, um, nine carries for 39 yards, um, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, statistically that isn't terrible but 19 of those came on one play so outside that he's eight for 20 um yeah yeah i
0: mean like you said you know george's defense really just owned the entire line of scrimmage and just didn't let michigan get anything going so you know it's not like it's really the running backs fault you know yeah, Blake no. Corum didn't have a great day donovan edwards didn't do much either um so <laughs> it's just kind of an unfortunate uh circumstance for these guys where Uh, the offensive line was just getting beaten. They couldn't really do anything about it.
1: Yeah. um, And receiving wise, um, really the only draft guy that we were looking at was Eric all at tight end. Um, Mm -hmm. He was their leading receiver, but I I don't think he necessarily stood out Four for 63. Yeah. Um, Two, and two
0: drops as well. So that's a little
1: concerning, but
0: yeah, I mean, he's, he seemed fine. uh, But you know, again, Michigan's offense just wasn't really ready to function. So that kind of just put them behind the eight ball with what they were, what they were able to do and what they wanted to do. Um, and that just really affected how their entire game went and ultimately just kind of prevented them from getting any kind of offense going and then winning the game.
1: Yeah. For, for all um, his blocking definitely didn't stand out nearly as much as it had the previous two games. Um thought his blocking the past two games was exceptional. Um This, today, um uh, less on Friday last Friday, I got my days all mixed up there. Uh, <laughs> it, on, last Friday he just wasn't providing much at all as a blocker, but again, very tough to do so against this Georgia front, but um would have liked to see a bit more out of him blocking wise um getting ready going to go into the NFL. um defensively for Michigan, um, obviously m- disappointing days to say the least for Hutchinson and Ojabo. Mm-hmm. Um, really the entire defensive line. Um didn't really see a whole lot of production out of them. Um yeah, I'm seeing 11, pre- 11, yeah, eleven pressures, eight hurries, three
0: hits, so no sacks. Yeah, no nobody's really getting anything done. Um yeah. I mean, Ojabo or um, Hutchinson had the one play where he got pancaked and that, you know, kind of happens to everybody, but yeah, you know, yeah. he was doing Not worried as much, about it. Yeah. Doing as much as he could. Um, I've been seeing a lot of interesting discourse about him on Twitter these last few, uh, since that game, you know, kind of about does he really have that elite athletic ability in terms of explosiveness and bend. Uh, so I'm gonna have to look into that a little more to see kind of what that's about. Um, terms of like other positions, again, like pretty much everybody struggled, but, you know, I wouldn't say anybody really stuck out in a bad way, uh, especially of the guys we're looking at uh, for draftable prospects. So, you know, this was another situation where, you know, they couldn't win the line of scrimmage and that just kind of affected everybody else's ability to play. But, you know, we see that uh, Ajabo declared, I think, yesterday, Chris Hinton declared today. So Michigan's losing a lot of talent to the NFL this season or Michigan. I'm sorry. Michigan's losing a lot of talent
1: yeah yeah and uh, their their defense was just i i would expect them to lose seven or eight guys off that defense Mm -hmm. just to the draft yeah that sounds about right let alone anyone that is graduating um so it's a very good defense it's just uh you know their their offense didn't help them at all giving up 34 points in college football isn't atrocious especially considering how how much they were on the field mm-hmm. um so i i don't think it was necessarily a bad performance i just no one really stood out and made an impact um, yeah i'd agree with that so uh we can get into this uh national championship preview then um monday um january 10th 8 p.m Alabama-Georgia, the SEC championship game rematch. Um, obviously, um, Alabama won the first meeting um, 41-24. Um, going back over statistically what that game looked like, just an absolutely monster game from Bryce Young. Um, 421 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um Bama also added uh, 115 yards on the ground, just an offensive explosion. And uh, Jameson Williams was the standout guy from this game um, for the Crimson Tide. Um, and then you look over at Georgia's offensive production, very limited. Stetson Bennett did have 340 yards and but uh, and three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. Um, and I would say the standout Um, the biggest thing to look at from the uh, championship game uh, conference championship game was the fact that Georgia's backs really struggled to run the ball. Um, They just only 3.6 yards per carry 3.9 by Samir white and 3.5 by James cook. Um, Just not a very productive day for either of those guys. So I think it's going to, When we look at this next matchup, um, some of the matchups I'm looking for is um, how this group of Georgia's offensive line and running backs uh, fare in this rematch against the front seven of uh, Alabama, and also um, how Georgia's secondary can fare against um, a very young but talented Alabama wide receiver core, as well as Bryce Young. Um, Those were the areas in which Georgia struggled in the first matchup. Um, Are there any specific matchups you're really looking forward to in this game?
0: I think the one that is most important is kind of a rehashing of the SC championship one, as you mentioned, is Jamison Williams versus Darian Kendrick or whoever Georgia puts across from him. Um, Because now with John Mechie out for the season, Jamison Williams is the number one target. So this is kind of a, it'll be interesting to see how georgia plays this because you know given their kind of his uh their history as a on defense you know with the saving lineage which kind of is tied to the belichick lineage you know do they kind of run the um the double with your second corner in a safety or do you just do you, you know double with your best in a safety you know how and then you know how are you taking away the op the other options because you know we saw cincinnati tried to limit. Uh, Williams and Bama was pretty comfortable going to their options, you know. So, how will they try to limit Williams? How will Bama respond to that? And can those other guys match their production or at least match, you know, match what Williams would normally put out? Uh, in terms of running the in terms of the other side of the ball, I think that I think this is where again the X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's kind of thing comes in because, um, you know, you're looking at two teams that just have big strong dudes on both sides of the ball so you know they might have to kind of have to come up some unconventional ways to get successful plays and you know i think that i'm not sure georgia will try to run the ball as heavily as they did against michigan because they maybe are a little more concerned about their ability to succeed in that manner because bama runs the more uh the bigger three down front whereas georgia ran the four down front Um, so you're typically it's harder to run against those three downs because you've got bigger dudes. Um, so I'm wondering if they do kind of give Stetson Bennett the keys a little more, which might ultimately be what Saban wants because he feels pretty, he, I think he, he said pretty Like We know how to get sets and Bennett by, you know, presenting him with one thing before the snap and then quickly rotating out of it right after the snap. So I think he might honestly want to get into a world where Stetson Bennett tries to match, uh, bryce young drive for drive because at the end of the day stetson bennett doesn't really have the physical talent or the uh just quarterbacking ability to do that for yeah. a whole game
1: yeah i completely agree and I, I think if i'm an alabama fan that would be what i would want um stetson bennett uh trying to match bryce young um in terms of individual draft player versus draft player matchup um looking at um a few of these guys, depending on how they line up, we get to see um, Justin Schaefer and Jamari Saylor um, go up against this um, Alabama front, um, and especially Will Anderson, who isn't a draft guy this year. Um, but it's going to be some of um, something to where. A lot of people are talking about Sailor kicking in the guard. Um, again, 6'4", not the longest guy built more like a guard. So um, if he is someone wanting to try to stay outside, proving himself against a Will Anderson would be um, one way to do that. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, in terms of pass rushing again, Bama, aside from Will Anderson, they don't really have the – elite guy across from him i mean anderson can do enough damage on his own um but you know can guys like the, like fedarian math dj dale byron young uh step up and make some plays as pass rushers uh from the interior um i think the uh, uh, kind of i want to flip to the other side of the ball because i find this well actually no i'll stick over here but, and this isn't necessarily a draft matchup but just for the game i'm very interested to see how Bama tries to cover uh brock bowers and james cook kind of from the Uh, these kind of interior targets, you know, are they going to rely on Henry Toto uh, and Christian Harris to match those guys in coverage? And if they're not, you know, can they rely on Jordan Battle, a guy who we kind of said occasionally has some issues in man coverage, or are they going to kind of rotate DeMarco Hellams down? So basically at this point, Bowers and um, Cook are probably the two most consistent and explosive weapons that the Georgia offense has So I'm wondering how Bama is going to take those away and can they consistently take those away for Stetson Bennett?
1: Yeah. And last in the sec title game, Brock Bowers absolutely went off 10 for 139 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, So they didn't necessarily do that good of a job in, Mm -hmm. in stopping him. Um, But you know, when, again, if you're making Stetson Bennett throw the ball 48 times, you're, more likely than not going to end up winning that game. Yeah. Um, but um, are there any uh, draft matchups here that stand out to you? I know you said you wanted to flip to the other side of the ball.
0: Yeah. So this is something that, again, I've heard and I've kind of looked into a little more that I find very interesting is, you know, when they, when these teams first played, Georgia couldn't really get a ton of pressure on Bryce young because they get like Bama, they have all these big dudes um, that, weren't that, that weren't necessarily winning their one-on-one pass rushing snaps, you know, Georgia's defensive line, like tries to do a lot of stunts and twists and all that. And Bama did a good job of handling that, which honestly they had struggled with for most of the season. And that game, they just kind of figured it out and we'll have to see if they do it again against Georgia because they weren't gr- perfect against, against uh, Cincinnati you know, most of the guys, Evan Neal was great. The other guys were fine and just um, Chris Owens struggled. And that's why I think Nolan Smith against Chris Owens is going to be really interesting because you Know Smith is like Majai Sand. He's not as tall, he's not as long, but he has that explosiveness and that athletic ability that gave Owens a lot of trouble. So I'm wondering how guys like him and maybe a guy like Trayvon Walker, you know, how are those guys gonna be able to, you know, get pressure by themselves on Bryce Young, kind of mess up the timing of this offense? Because that's that's really the key, is like because that's that's how Bryce Young was able to be so successful against George's, because he was able to basically sit back there. And if he and if he got that interior pressure, he's able to get outside and buy some time. Like I think you want in this case, you almost want that um exterior pressure from the edges to get there and kind of bottle him into the pocket as opposed to getting interior pressure that flushes him out. Cause when you flush him out, that's when he can make some big plays. So Nolan Smith, who's you know, was the number one recruit in his class a few years ago against Chris Owens, who's you know been kind of a Bama lifer at this point, but isn't the best player. I think that's a matchup that George is really gonna be looking to exploit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, in terms of uh who the standout players defensively, um Josh Job played in the last game for Bama. Being without him is tough. Mm-hmm. Um again, but um for Georgia, um you look, uh N'Kobe Dean had a tackle for loss in two pass breakups in the last game against Bama. But other than that, there weren't a whole lot of standout um, statistical performances, zero sacks, only four tackles for loss. Um, One of those by Devonta Wyatt, another draft eligible player here, and one by Nolan Smith. Um, But I'll be interested to see which of these guys, and it's a very experienced uh, team, lot of draft eligible players here um which of these guys really steps up and makes that impact that they severely lacked in the last Alabama game Mm -hmm. Um,
0: yeah I think I'm wondering about how because again Georgia does like to use their off-ball linebackers as kind of extra blitzers and that was part of the issue because it kind of opened up passing holes that young exploited. So I'm wondering, you know, how much are they going to blitz guys like Dean and Channing Tindall and Quay Walker? Are they going to blitz them a lot? Or are they going to drop them into coverage or have a guy like Dean? who is an incredible athlete, be the kind of uh, spy or even a green dog blitzer that is tasked with, you know, if young breaks contained, like you're the guy who has to stop him. I'm wondering if they're going to do some of that too.
1: Yeah. I, overall, I think it's just a, uh, it's the best championship game we could have asked for not only going into the playoff, but going into the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not the most exciting in terms of, you know, different regions and national interest, but I mean, these are very clearly the two best teams in the country. You know, they have the most, you know, they have the most draftable talent. I think I heard saw something about how Bama has uh, 64 star or hires on their roster and that's the, the most and then Georgia has 47 which is the second most so
1: I actually know. have this uh stat uh up I can uh, get it up right now it is uh Alabama and Georgia are according to 247s composite uh team talent one and two Alabama at one Georgia at two separated by just 0.1 points on their scale (laughs) um now there you have it folks (laughs) um Alabama has the most four stars with 60 and uh Georgia has 47 but Georgia has the most five stars in the country with 19 and Alabama has the second most with 14
0: I didn't realize that was just four stars. I thought it was four stars and higher. That's absolutely, no, that's absolutely insane. No, just
1: four stars.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That's crazy. Uh, but I mean, yeah, these are the team, these are the, you know, maybe recruiting rankings aren't perfect, but you know, kind of these large sample sizes, you're able to see like, okay, like, yeah, there's something going on here. Um, and obviously these scouting staffs for these coaches are pretty good. So they know how I'd to identify talent and, you know, if they're making the most of it. These teams are churning out NFL talent. They're both loaded with it this year. So from a, you know, draft person's perspective this is an awesome championship to watch because you've got so many guys so many matchups to watch that are going to be between guys who will be playing on sundays in the very near future
1: yeah uh like some quick math on that that's out of the 100 um 170 players on scholarship for this game 150 of them no 140 of them are four stars or higher Um, yeah, and probably like five, five of the rest of them are like special
0: teams that are like also like would be like kicker and punter four stars, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just an absurdly talented, uh, matchup. Um, and uh, if you look, obviously some of the injuries are disappointing, um, in terms of getting to see draft prospects, but overall, I think this is going to be just. Not only a good matchup team to team and talent wise, but also we get to see a lot of these fun matchups that we talked about today in terms of a draft perspective. And so we will be back next week recapping the national championship game, who stood out, who played well, and who disappointed. Until then, let's get fired up.